Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There was a uh, typical framework for covenants that you would find in the ancient Near East. It's known as the Suzerian covenant form or the Hittite covenant form. And it would follow kind of this same pattern of a Number one, historical prologue. Number two, presentation of the parties to the treaty. Number three, conditions of the treaty. Number four, witnesses of this treaty. And then number five, blessings and curses. Now, this is important in part because the form of the Mosaic Covenant actually follows this same kind of pattern, which is one of the things that historians have been able to use to show actually in spite of what 20th century scholars were trying to say, the books of Moses, the first five books of the Old Testament, they're actually very, very ancient. And uh, the form in which they are, they, we find that, that covenant, uh, well, it's not something that could have been just developed out of the blue at a later date because they wouldn't have even known about this way of doing things. Uh, but the, the reason I bring it up is because what we find in Luke chapter 6 sounds an awful lot like what we see with this. So in, in the Old Testament, you have Exodus or Leviticus chapter 26, Deuteronomy chapter 28, and it lists these different blessings and curses, these things that if you do these things... This will happen. If you do these things, this will happen. So, for instance, Leviticus chapter 26, if you walk in my statutes and observe my commandments and do them, then I will give you your rains in their seasons, and the land shall yield its increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last to the time of the grape harvest, and the grape harvest shall last to the time of the sowing. So you get this if-then, right? If you do these things, all kinds of these blessings are going to follow. However, if you will not listen and will not do all these commandments, if you spurn my statutes and if, you, if your sore abhors my rules so that you do not do my commandments but break my covenant, then I will do this to you. I will visit you with panic, with wasting disease and fever that consume the eyes and make the heart ache. And you shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. I will set my face against you, and you shall be struck down before your enemies. Those who hate you shall rule over you, and you shall flee when none pursues you. So on and on and on it goes in this way now. So you get... If then, if then, if then, if then. So if you do these things, blessings. If you do these things or fail to do these things, well, look out. It's not going to go so well for you. Blessings and curses, or we could say blessings and woes. It's the same kind of form that we see in Luke chapter 6, isn't it? And Jesus lifted up his eyes on his disciples, and he said, Blessed are you who are poor, 
for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you and all all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. Now, it's kind of that same back and forth, blessing and woe, but, but notice something there's different. It's not if then, is it? It's not if then. It's not Jesus showing up and saying, if you will do these things, then I will bless you. He shows up, and what are the very first words? Blessed. 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 He's speaking blessing. Not based on anything they've done, not based on what they will do, but he's speaking blessing to these people who are looking to him in faith. Notice what comes before this. All of these people are coming from all over the area. They're coming from Jerusalem and Judea, but Tyre and Sidon, that's way up in the, the northwest corner. This would have been, this would have been old uh, Philistine territory. They are coming from far away, and they're coming to hear Jesus, to be with Jesus, to be near Jesus. And Jesus is now speaking to them, and he says, you're blessed. What we find here is something we find throughout the ministry of Jesus. We find throughout the book of Luke. We've already kind of walked through a good portion of the, the first part of the book of Luke. And we, ha- we have in, in, uh, in Luke Jesus being brought to the temple when he's very, very young, right? And who's there? Simeon and Anna. And Simeon takes Jesus up in his arms and he's rejoicing because now Simeon goes, look, I'm blessed. I'm with Jesus. Jesus is here with me. I'm blessed. Anna has been waiting all of this time and now she's rejoicing and she's telling everybody about Jesus. In uh, chapter five or chapter four, Jesus heals a man with an unclean spirit. Chapter four, a little bit later, Jesus heals a whole lot more people. Jesus Uh, In chapter 5, cleanses a leper. You want to talk about somebody who is poor? A leper would be on the outcasts of society, and Jesus comes right to this man, helps him, and now this man is blessed. Jesus heals a paralytic. Jesus calls Levi. You remember Levi, also known as Matthew? A tax collector. Nobody would be looked down on more than a tax collector because now he's conspiring with the Romans. And Jesus comes along to him and he says, come and follow me. And now Levi is blessed. 
What had Levi done to deserve this blessing? Nothing. (laughs) This is the whole point of the gospel, isn't it? Jesus comes not for those who deserve him, not for those who have earned the right to be called children of God, but Jesus comes for poor sinners. And he is the blessing that we've been waiting on. I love in our Old Testament reading for today, we have this same idea play out in Jeremiah chapter 17. And Jeremiah is really, really heavily playing off of Psalm 1 here. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. This is exactly what Jesus is talking about with the woes. You want want the approval of men? You want to just satisfy all of your fleshly desires right here and right now? Well, you can do that, but that is the way of curse, of woe. That is the way of destruction. He's like a shrub in the desert. He shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in parched places in the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. But then Jeremiah continues. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He's like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots in the stream and does not fear when the heat comes. For its leaves remain green. Blessed are the poor who look to Jesus in faith because even in the midst of those really, really challenging times, you've got the roots that have developed in Christ and you know that whatever comes, you can get through this because you have Christ. You know that what awaits you is everlasting life. So what's the worst that can happen? You die? <laughs> okay. Then you get to go to go be with the Lord, Right? When we are deeply rooted in Christ, we can live with that confidence. We can live without fear. We don't have to be anxious about everything because, well, we know where we stand. Right? We have Peter going into surgery, we hope, this morning to have a lung transplant. I mean, you're talking about a major thing. And yet, he's in Christ. One way or another, healing awaits. One of my favorite things in this entire section, so Jesus shows up, right? And he's just, he's blessing everybody around him. And now he gathers everybody together and he's speaking blessing to them. And he's saying, look, just continue to look to me in faith and you are blessed. But one of my very favorite things is the very beginning right before he starts to speak these words verse 20 and he lifted his eyes on his disciples and said that's not a way we usually speak but what what is it saying he looked at them jesus looked at them he looked at his disciples God looked at his people. And he still does. He sees you. He looks on you. 
And he blesses you. This is the same kind of thing we hear at the very end of the service, isn't it? Right? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord, what? Look upon you with favor and give you peace. That's what Jesus does. He shows up as the Savior for sinners. Unto you is born this day in the city of David, what? A Savior. It was Christ the Lord. And that Savior comes along and he doesn't bring a new covenant that is a law. He doesn't come and say, okay, I'm going to teach you a new way so that if you can just keep all of these rules, then you'll be blessed. Then you'll be saved. Then you can be considered my people. But rather, he shows up and he simply starts saying, okay, you're poor, but come follow me. You're blessed. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. I will be your righteousness. I will take your sin and I'll give you the holiness that you need. I will make you a child of God. This is what Jesus does. He doesn't show up with new rules, but rather he fulfills the law. And then he says, since I've done it for you, follow me. You are already blessed. Walk in my ways and there's even more blessing in store for you. Blessed are you who are poor. For yours is the kingdom of God. Do you notice there too? Not future tense. Present tense. Yours is the kingdom of God. Right now. By grace. Through Christ. The kingdom of God is yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.